This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It's time for Silver and Black today, the post-game edition the Raiders, 27-20 to 20 losers to the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Raiders for the third time in 2022 blow a 17 to nothing lead. The Raiders now drop to 2-6. and six. We're going to attempt to perhaps offer you some answers, at least offer you some therapy. I can see the YouTube chat already going crazy. People are not happy, and I don't blame you. Uh, But just remember, make sure you subscribe to the show, whether you're listening to us on the podcast feed, you can do that anywhere you get the audio. Just hit subscribe, whether it's on uh, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you guys get it, please subscribe there. We appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, hit subscription plus the notification button as well. And of course, on this show, every post game joining me uh, is my good friend from Raiders Fan Radio. That is Murph with our Voice of the Fan segment. And Murph, uh, I feel like this is going to be a repeat of last time, although I sort of think this might be a little worse with the way things started and the team they were playing. The Jaguars, losers of five in a row, really couldn't find the handle over the last five games. The Raiders had an opportunity to stay in Florida for the week, get ready for this game. When they came out in the first half, it sure looked good. I was texting you saying, hey, you know, this is this is this is what you expected to see from this offense. And then it all falls apart in the second. Half. Give us your initial thoughts. What are your feelings after watching this one? This one was rough. You know, I, I thought we were going to win the Super Bowl after the first half. Right. And then after, <laughs> after surrendering another 17 to nothing lead. And then, of course, the 20 to nothing lead. We surrendered against the Cardinals. It's just it's getting rough, man. And, you know, and I, and I love you and I love this show and I love. Uh, the listening audience, but I don't love this team right now. And, you know, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And right now I feel indifferent about the Raiders. I'm like, 
it's 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 so rough right now like i just i, I there's so many things that um that just don't make sense and and i'm and we're going to get into the details of the game of course but as far as like an overall takeaway like the biggest thing i can think about right now is that i'm at a crossroads of my fandom is am i going to drink my feelings or eat them tonight like i just don't know which way this thing is going to go yeah and it, it's 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 a hard one to figure out too and i know a lot of us you know we you you uh even raider beat did a story about your show this past week which was great talking about your feelings about the press conference and how the raiders organization was talking in essence to fans and the media about uh, about this team and then we heard josh uh excuse me dave ziegler later in the week and mo and i kind of went off on that as well on thursday talking about well, what are you talking about Play players are getting better you're happy with the progress how can you be happy with the progress he said dave ziegler this week said that he felt the new orleans game was an anomaly guess what we saw it again the raiders unable to put together four quarters. Again, we saw this offense. We saw them go to Devontae Adams early and often. He goes nuts in the first half, right? The two touchdowns. Derek Carr looks good, at least. Uh, then they come out in the second half. They can't find Devontae Adams. When he does to find Devontae Adams, he's throwing behind him. He's throwing over him. It's just really frustrating because you look at the tools there. But like you said, just tell the truth. And I think clearly this team cannot go into another week and say, hey, yeah, we're happy with progress. You can't be. And I mean, you know, 146 yards in the first half for Devontae Adams. And then what did he pull a goose egg in the second half? I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was in some garbage time stuff or whatever that I missed because I was had my head down somewhere crying. But, um, <laughs> but you know, and, 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 and props to you and Mo too. That Thursday show uh, w w was fantastic, by the way. But um, yeah, you know, that's the thing that was frustrating to me this past week, and it will continue to build in frustration as we go forward, is that, look, we're fans um and you know you you're 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 part of you know conventional media for lack of a better term but like you like you guys and we do we don't deserve anything from the team like i get right. that like right. they don't owe us anything but if you're gonna represent the team and if you're gonna go out there and you're gonna speak at least don't treat us like we're imbeciles at least don't try to present this thing like it's in some sort of fashion that it's truly not because look we're not we're not so stupid that we can't see what's going on the field on Sundays. Yeah, we might be war watching on DirecTV. We're not staying on the sidelines. We're not inside the walls of Henderson. Thanks for that correction, Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, like, but you know what I mean? Like, I get it sure. that we don't understand the ins and outs of the details. But just be like, and if I just would hope that they would be frank. And if you can't be, then just say that. Like, but don't try to pretend like it's something that it's not. I'm like, because right now, look, I thought we were down bad last week. This yeah. week, is, I mean, again, to go back to that indifference, like we're down. I mean, the season's effectively over. Like mm. we're eight weeks in, they're nine and whatever, but like we're eight games in and this thing is it's essentially done. So yeah. like, and it, this isn't the Aaron Brooks led Raiders. This isn't, you know, the Tom Walsh offense of the bed and breakfast days or whatever. Like you're not, we're not talking about North Turner. We're not talking about like the leanest of years of Raiders we're talking about a team that was coming off of a of, of a playoff appearance and loaded up on on not only offensive but defensive positions as well introduced this coaching staff that had all the gloss in the world and all the potential in the world and then now here we're in that bucket so I think that's the hardest part is that it's one thing to go into a season and think like yeah okay my, we we might have a shot like if things go the right way we might have a decent look at a playoff spot or a wild card or whatever that the case may be. But that's not what this team's story was. This team's story was of a resilience. It was a battle back. It was a, you know, fly in the face of adversity. It was make the playoffs against all odds, literally against all odds last mm -hmm. year. 
And then all we did was get better. And we've now gone this direction and now two and six, like it, this is, the, this is my, this is one of the toughest seasons as a Raider fan in a long time, because it's it's one thing to go into the I'm I'm, I'm rambling now I'm gonna show no up, that's Scott. okay no no I was just gonna say I I understand that from the fan perspective Murph because again and and we talked about it on our show as just as you did the expectations no nobody I I know some Raider fans in in their love of the team were saying oh we're gonna go undefeated I I you know what I'm saying but but everyone expected this team to get back to the playoffs right even Mo said I think he said ten and seven or somewhere around there I, I had eleven and six I think even. Uh, and so, so we, we were all sort of looking at it on paper and saying upgraded coach, upgraded front office, upgraded offense, wide receiver. You sign your guys to all their extensions. You do all that stuff. This offense is going to be top five. It's going to be Super Bowl caliber offense defense. We had question marks, but you're adding Chandler Jones. Max Crosby continues to great, do great. Bilal Nichols up front. On the back end, you had Deron Harmon, who's worked out okay. You had uh, Anthony Averett as well. So this looked to be upgraded all the way around, and instead it's gotten much, much worse. And, I mean, you look at two. I want to stay with this offense, Murph, because I really believe, look, the defense is what it is. We know the defense has big holes, but the defense keeps the teams in games. I understand what people say, well, they can't stop anybody. Jaguars, you score 27 points on them, right? But... If you look at the Raiders, the Raiders last scored in this game with 45 seconds left in the first half. Okay, so there was zero offense in the second half. Derek Carr in the second half was like three of 13 for 36 yards or something. I mean, just something unbelievable. Just wasn't able to get the ball going. You look at that compared to the first half, Carr to Adams connection, the one we all expected to light the world on fire. First half, 16 of 21, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Passer rating of 141. Phenomenal. Like, that's what you want to see. And Devontae Adams, nine receptions, 146. He ended up finishing with 10 receptions on the day. He had one in the second half. Uh, and then Jacobs, of course, didn't have to run in the first half. They started running him in the second half, and he did okay considering where they were at. But then you look at what the the Jaguars were able to do offensively and defensively as well. They were able to put pressure on the quarterback. The Raiders couldn't. Uh, and that expectation of what was supposed to happen here. Again, I say this, and I know it's an oversimplification, Murph, but it's true. It's just things are not working in multiple areas of this team. Offense, defense, front office, there's something just not in sync. Yeah, which is kind of like that. that's the, the toughest part, right? Because on, like you said, on paper, like everything's lined up. So ultimately, we I think we got to go back and – I was frankly surprised that that that, um, that that Patrick Graham didn't get more heat on him uh, this past week. And I know we're keeping an offensive focus, but I do want to like, mm -hmm. like, like let's like let's consider this idea. We brought in Chandler Jones. We've got Max Crosby on this team, and we're dropping them in coverage in the third quarter. Like, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, and again, I'm not gonna try to pretend like I'm some football mind over here, but like, what explain to me how that makes sense? Explain to me how you don't have your two best pass rushers at a on a game where you struggle to create pressure on the quarterback. Why aren't those guys pinning their ears back and and and, and taking a run at Trevor Lawrence? And so, but anyways, but but to go back to the offense, I'm I'm with you, Scott. And uh, is it, it have we reached the point to where is it 
and and there's then there's all the speculation in the world and i think that mm-hmm. all of it is valid because until the raiders give us a, the the actual story or we see the actual story play out all of our speculation that as wild as it may be it's all valid until we see something else but i but i asked the question to you are we at a point to where we know that josh mcdaniels is the de facto offensive coordinator mick lombardi is i i don't even know what that guy does but like <laughs> is, is 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 josh so arrogant in his play calling or is that, I mean, we, cause we saw again, the questionable freaking call. We had a third and two and a fourth and two at the end of the game. And we're trying dopey passes downfield. Like yeah. who are you fooling? Like just yeah. freaking power that thing up and give it to Jakob Johnson. I don't do something. Give it to Zamir White. Give it like something else. Like you would think at a minimum, I get it. If you want to try to get cute on the fourth down, like maybe try to try to throw it, but on the third down, like run the freaking football. Like, what are we doing? Like it just, it's like the most, fundamental aspects of football even with my limited ass brain the most fundamental aspects of football we're not even yeah. doing that and, and and so i ask you scott is josh mcdaniels that like is he think that he's just gonna like re-coach or redefine the way that offensive football is now played in the nfl in 2022 <laughs> like what, what are we doing well so so a couple things here and and we talked about it last week on the show with you and then we talked about it uh, mo and i did throughout the week as well including on our mailbag show where Yes, I think that there is a certain sense, and you touched on this in your your eloquent speech, and I do mean eloquent, um, uh, during Raiders Fan Radio this past week, right? Which was, there's an arrogance, and I use the word arrogance, and I don't mean it like I'm going to be cocky and, and, and slough you off. I mean an arrogance like you, you're on the right track, you know what's going on, there's nothing going on here, there's nothing wrong. It's like that meme of Leslie Wilson, or excuse me, Leslie Nielsen, from Naked Gun, where he's in front of the building, he's like, there's nothing to see here, there's nothing going on, right? Uh, but instead, there is things going on. And I do agree with you. I think the play calling is one aspect, but I hate to say it because you, everyone on this on this live show and everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I have always been very even-keeled when it comes to the Derek Carr conversation. 100%. I just, I, yeah. I think... And it's not all him, but there's a large percentage of this, too. If you look at the second half and even in the first, even the great touchdown pass of Devonta Adams to start the game was underthrown. So I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr. I, I, I still believe it's that uncomfortableness with that line. But I think that mixture of that arrogance with play calling your quarterback not playing as well as we've seen him play in the past. Not that he doesn't play well at times. Obviously, look at the first half. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying Everything together is not working. The play calling, the quarterback, even Devontae Adams dropping balls. I've never seen him drop in his entire career. What's going on there? Are they in their own heads because of what's happening? And this is the time of the year, another couple weeks, where you start to see teams really tail off because they lose their concentration. They lose their confidence. The locker room starts to fracture, right? I don't want that to happen with the Raiders. But it's inevitable with a lot of these teams, especially when you have a coach like this who's new into the arena as far as being there with the Raiders. So so I think it's a little bit of all of that. And so now you have to figure out, right, because you're right, the the season's effectively over. You're not making the playoffs. You're not going to go eight and one to try to make the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So so what do you do the rest of the year? You start to think about the future. You have to. Now, Devontae Adams, part of the future. He's not going to be traded. He's not going to walk out if Derek Carr leaves. If Derek Carr leaves, you have to make your choice about that. You have to then think about and prioritize. What are you going to do? What are you doing in the draft? What are you doing for agency? And it sucks for fans out there. I totally get it to have to think about that now with so much football left. 
But but Murph, I think in my diagnosis is it's that it's all of these things. It's also Dave Ziegler owns a lot. He miscalculated on some signings. Didn't work out. They just haven't worked out, including Darren Waller, who I believe is injured. I know a lot of people think he's not injured. He is injured. I believe that he is and he can't play. That's fine. But you didn't have to give him that contract. Right. So so there's all this stuff mixed together and it just creates a toxic soup, my man. You know, that's a, it's a great point, Scott. And, and and you have such a better way to frame this kind of stuff. Cause you know, we as fans, we get all emotional. We're getting our feelings about it. That's everything. okay. That's why we have we you on. Pick a thing and be like, Oh, it's, it's Patrick Graham or, Oh, it's Derek Carr. Oh, it's Josh McDaniel. But you're right. It's a kind of a, it's not even kind of, I'm not going to hedge it. It's a collective. It, it, this thing is an absolute mess from just about top to bottom. And aside from the occasional Max Crosby sighting, like it's pr- or Josh Jacobs sighting, like it's pretty freaking ugly. Um, all the way around, you know, and and even like, and I and I'm glad you brought up about Derek because you know we hear a lot about you know when when we start focusing on the quarterback, like I think a lot of listeners at times think that we're absolving Derek Carr of his responsibility. That's not the case. It just happens no. to be the topic of conversation for the moment because I I agree with you 100 that Derek owns a lot of this. Even early on, we saw that pass down the sideline to Mac Hollins. And he just freaking overthrows him and just throws it out yeah. of bounds. And even James Lofton, who's a Raider apologist, is like, dude, you got to put that thing in play. Your, your receiver is 6'4". Give him a chance to go up there and at least get the ball. You know what I mean? I get it, putting a, <laughs> put it in a place where a defender can't, you know, cut up underneath it and, and, and make a pick. But, like, at least give your guy a chance at it. It's almost like that effectively is a throwaway. And so I'm with you on that. And I think that, like, the um, you know me, Mr. Body Language over here. That's I'm always okay. like to read into <laughs> things and see things and like demeanor and like the way the interactions are going on the sidelines and whatever. The, not overreacting, I know, but I'm a, I'm 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 a fan in the moment. Post game here, we just lost the freaking Jaguars. <laughs> like, is is this like was this the game that kind of seals it for Raider Nation and Derek Carr and probably the Raiders and Derek Carr? Because I mean. Like at, at a minimum, at an absolute minimum, even if you think he's the greatest quarterback in the world and he's just had all these things stacked up against him for nine years, okay? Even if that's someone's opinion, is it just not prudent at this point to just give him and the Raiders a fresh start? Let's go mm-hmm. ahead, whether Endon Hooker or someone else that we're going to be able to draft in the top five now, Raider Nation, because we have a hell of a pick. Uh-oh. Let's go ahead and just freaking draft his replacement. And even if he sit, and even if our player that we draft sits on the bench for a year behind him, um, because Derek Carr's got five million of dead money on the books, you know, even if he's a Raider for one more year, is this now like does this officially stamp it as like, okay, now it's time to look at the next phase of the plan? And then that phase of the plan probably doesn't include Derek, other than just like an in-between kind of guy. Yeah, it's it's the question. I think it's one of the questions because uh, in the NFL, I mean, you saw, listen, you saw Trevor Lawrence today make some incredible throws. And and you're right about James Lofton. I have it's the first time I've watched a Raider game this season where I where the times when Derek Carr was struggling, uh, James Lofton really pointed it out and explained it better. I thought than anybody else had before because he's a wide receiver. He he knows. Um, and so to me, that that was troublesome. Uh, and then you saw, I saw frustration from him today. I saw him kind of get angry a few times, which you just don't see as much uh, at, with his receivers, with his throwing. And and then you saw Adams a couple times too. You could see he was frustrated with what was going on with a ball thrown behind him that he couldn't get to. So so it all creates this environment where people are not happy. And uh, I get that, right? But at the same time, you you have to be able to to move on. And I don't know 
what the Raiders will do. I don't think you move away from Derek Carr as your starter because I don't think they're going to do Jared Stidham. Uh, but at some point they may. Now, again, these two games are as ugly. The losses, the 17-point the leads that have disappeared three times this year is remarkable. And, and you got to look at the coaching staff for that. You have to look at the players, too. Don't get me wrong. They own it. They have to execute. We heard Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels last week say, we just didn't execute. Well, what's going on with you as a coaching staff that after nine weeks you're still not executing? What is it that you need to get through to these guys so that they execute? These are professionals. They get paid, Murph, to do this. So there can be no other excuses. I, I think tonight is the night when all the excuses are gone. And I would expect the media who covers the Raider on a daily basis to be a little harder on them because, look, this whole, hey, wait and see, you got to be patient with us, not through nine weeks, my friend. No, absolutely not. And, and you know, and I think we got to start, as, I mean, whatever, there's so much blame to go around, and I don't even, I don't even know where, <laughs> where, where to go. But like, but another thing, I, I loved your, your, your comments there about James Lofton, too, because something else that, hadn't jumped out at me yet this year until he noted it. And I think you got to go to Ziegler on this is that he said, this is the first time in a long time we've seen a rate and I'm paraphrasing, but mm -hmm. basically he was like, this team doesn't have the ability to freaking take the top off of a defense. This team doesn't yes. have the ability to stretch the field with speed. And I think that when we lost Henry Ruggs last year, that really impact. Cause I mean, and on our good buddy QB Jeff, Jeff Murphy, uh, Alameda, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and Oakland high school and college football legend, the, he talked about rugs a lot about like it wasn't so much the nine route. It's not the go route. It's not the throw deep ball that a tour you're going to hit Henry Rugs for you know 50 yards downfield. That wasn't as as effective of his game as it was that when you pull those defenders back or at a minimum those deep defenders have to respect that that's what opens it up underneath for Waller and Renfro and all these guys doing all, doing their thing down low. And when Lofton noted, noted that today, that really kind of jumped out at me. I thought about that because we're so, we've been so enamored with, with, with Devontae Adams as we should be, but, mm -hmm. but he's not a burner. Yeah, no. he's fat, but he's not a burner. And when you, Matt Collins, definitely not a burner. Hunter Renfro, not a burner. Like how far down do we got to go down the list before we get to our fast guys? I don't know. Like Tyron Johnson's not even on the team anymore. So like, we don't have that ability to put that guy out there in the, in, the, in that in that X or that you know Z or whatever, and just let him freaking take it downfield deep. And so the, and what is James Lofton like one of the best ever to do that, right? Like Mr. Oh, yeah. Speed himself. So like I, I I really heard that and that really resonated with me. And so I I not only to, to note Lofton's comments, but then to go back to yours and look as far as the conglomerate, like shouldn't that have been? And again, shame on me because I wasn't even it wasn't even registering with me going into the season, but it should register with Dave Ziegler. Like, you know what <laughs> See, I mean? That, that, no, you're you're right on, Murph, with this because this is the point. Personnel. Again, we we focus, and I think it's a, a good microcosm of this. And we didn't know it would be so widespread on the on the roster. And and you pointing out the wide receiver conversation and James Lofton, absolutely. People lost track of the wide receiver roles because of Devontae Adams. Everybody was so excited that he was coming. So I understand it. But we talked about offensive. You guys talked about offensive line. We talked about it on our show all summer long, going into the season, through the season. Um, and ironically, they actually played pretty well at times again today. But Nonetheless, we talked about that, but we talked about the defensive backfield issues there. We talked about the defense up front issues there. Instead, and again, it's a choice. They decided to sign Renfro, Waller, Carr, right? They decided to sign these guys and Crosby. I don't disagree with Crosby at all, 
right? But you decided to give them their money now. You could have waited, okay? But they made that. So that's their choice. As as my mom used to say when I was a kid, it's your bed, right? You got to lay in it, right? You, you made your bed, you got to lay in it. So, so that's what they did. And it's come back to bite them in the ass because it's not working. It just has not worked. Yes, you locked up your core guys. Everybody wants to see those guys be Raiders, no question. But what they overestimated was their ability to uh, evaluate and judge talent on the roster already that they could coach them up. And then the guys they brought in, some have worked out. Many like Chandler Jones have not worked out. No, wouldn't you love to have Yanni Kangakwe and Casey Hayward on this football team? It's like, you know, you think back to last year, it's like the guys that we let walk. And I mean, I know we give Zay Jones a hard time about, you know, because he was Derek's best buddy because he was first in and last out. But like, you know, watching Zay Jones on the field today, like, you know, I kind of felt that a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's like some of the players that we let kind of move on from this football team. I mean, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? It, it It's, gosh, I don't know, Scott. Well, we're just... We're all we all in the struggle bus right now. Let me just say uh, that. I understand, oh. my man. And and listen, everybody, you can, I'm sure, uh, Murph show coming up on Thursday on Raiders Fan Radio. If you don't follow them already here on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you do that and get with them. Also, the One Nation Foundation. Murph, again, tell everybody about that so they understand how they can contribute. You guys have the big crab fest uh, with the Blitnikoff Foundation coming up in December. And I know people have already blown past your goal, but tell everybody about the money you're raising and what it's for. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we give all of the money that we raise with our show away, whether that's advertising dollars or direct donations. We formed our own nonprofit called the One Nation Foundation a few years ago, and that gives to all Raiders related charities. And we are very proud uh, to announce that we're going to issue a check to the Boletnikoff Foundation uh, at their annual Crab Fest, which is next month in Las Vegas, December 16th at the Paris Casino. Uh, we're going to we're going to issue them a, a, a check for ten thousand dollars on behalf of the wow. listeners of Raiders Fan Radio wow. and Raider Nation. And we are so thankful for those uh, those donations. Again, we're just the vessels. We just the, the knuckleheads that show up here and, 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 and talk about the Raiders on our show. And so it's all of our listening audience. And Scott, you've been a huge component of that. And Evan, everybody else is involved with Silver and Black today. We appreciate you also very, very much and in the platform that you give us. And yeah, so we're, we're thrilled to. To, to be able to share that with the Blitnikoffs. And so and if, and if, and if you can, if you're in a position to donate, uh, just go to onenationfoundation.net. There's a donate button on there. It'll take you to a PayPal link and 100% of that money uh, that you give us there will go to the One Nation Foundation. And thank you so very, very much, uh, Raider Nation. And thank you, Scott, as always, for this platform here on your show. No, thank you and the entire team there for what you do. It's, it's amazing work. And I know Raider Nation is angry, frustrated right now, but take that anger, frustration, after tonight, let go of it and give what you can. I don't care if it's a dollar. Just give what you can uh, as it goes to a great, great, uh, great opportunity there to help out people. And it shows what Raider Nation is all about, which is supporting each other. Murph, we're going to let you go, my man. Uh, I know we'll check in with you on your show on Thursday. And then, of course, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Scott. Have a good night. You See you, Raider Nation. Keep your heads up. For <laughs> something. Something <laughs> or something is right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, um, I'm going to be joined by my friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby and SportsNot.com. He'll join us. We'll continue our conversation about the Raiders 27 to 20 loss, 27 to 20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars to move their record to two and six. This is Silver and Black today an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be back right after this. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everybody. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. This is the post-game show, Raiders 27-20, losers to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Raiders now have lost three in a row, dating back to uh, week six. And now um, they stand at two and six. Effectively, any chance of making the playoffs is gone. And so we have to talk about what happened today still. And to do that with me is my good friend. That is uh, Mr. Evan Grote. He is the host of the Just Pod Baby podcast, where you can get anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, as well as a segment editor over at sportsnot.com, where I contribute. Evan contributes. My usual co-host, Mo Moten, contributes. So we're all one big family. Evan, uh, we were texting throughout this game. First half looks so great Second half, it all falls apart again. And I know you're in agreement with me on this one. The defense is what it is, but this offense continues to be inconsistent and and have an inability to make big plays when it matters most. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Scott, that I couldn't be with you uh, for the first segment. I was uh, looking at some mock drafts, so uh, <laughs> I was busy. I was busy taking a look at some of the prospects, and uh, but now I'm here with you. And and yeah, you know, it, it's it, it seems like we sit here every week and we talk about the same thing over and over. It's lack of consistency. It's lack of complementary football, and it showed up again. In this game, I mean, the offense comes out. They look great. I thought Carr looked great early to start the game. The Devontae Adams connection was there. I was happy to see it because it helps my fantasy football team. And then the second half happens, and they come out and score zero points. Devontae Adams uh, doesn't have a catch. Zero yards. Derek Carr is 5 of 15 for 36 yards. I don't understand how you could see such a lack of inconsistency. I know there's adjustments that are made at halftime, but where are the adjustments by the Raiders and Josh McDaniels? Uh, We're not seeing that Um, again. This this falls on coaching, I think is a major part of the problem. Obviously there's a lack of personnel in the defense. I mean, there's so many problems right now with this team. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into all of it right now. Yeah, no, no question. And, and I, I start with the offense. Look, I, the defense, Patrick Graham, we'll get to that in a second, but with the offense, and you heard me talk about it, I think, with with uh, with Murph before the break, which was about the Derek Carr. We talked a lot about Derek Carr. Is this finally the end? I mean, you're seeing this. He's not been the same player all season. He has moments. We saw that first half. Again, 16 to 21, 223 yards, two touchdowns in the first half. And then comes out in the second half and can't find a receiver, throwing behind receivers, throwing ahead of receivers, throwing over receivers. Um, tell me what you think there, because I'm sort of – you know, again, I've always been pretty even keeled about Derek Carr, but I don't understand 
why he's playing the way he is. It's it's really dumbfounding. A lot of people say he's always been this player and this is why we don't like him. Uh, and now they have major points because he's not stringing together four quarters of any games. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to point your finger at two people when it comes to the offense. You have to point your finger at the play caller and then the quarterback. And, and whether that is fair or not, that is the way this league operates. It is a quarterback-driven league. And, and that's the way it has always been. And that's the way it always will be. Um, he's getting paid a lot of money and I'm not, put, and again, I don't want people to, out there to think that I'm, I'm blaming this, this terrible season on him because obviously the defense is a major problem as well. And, and they op- absolutely have to address that defense this off season. Um, but I, I, I think it's time that you start thinking about the next guy. I'm not saying you move on from Carr after this season, although, you know, that that's a possibility as well, but it's time to start thinking about grooming the next guy, in my opinion. I mean, especially if this thing goes full-blown rebuild next year, you don't often see teams uh, in a rebuild with quarterbacks that they're paying, you know, 40, $42 million with. They just, there's too many other holes on this roster. I'm not sure if they're ready, ready to win right now anyway. So, so save that money and spread it out in some of the areas like the defense that you really need to upgrade. Yeah. It's, it's perplexing um, to see it. Uh, and, and I don't know why, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe psychologically just Derek Carr's had enough of all the changes, all the things that he's gone through. Uh, and we talked about this last week, I think with Mo just to say, Hey, look, it's not that Derek Carr can't go somewhere else and be successful. I'm not saying that. What I am saying though, is that sometimes just like sometimes you're at a job and you're like, you know, it's just time for me to leave. It's just time. It's not that they, that they can't be successful. It's not that I can't be successful. It's just not working the way it is. And now with with Josh McDaniels there, it doesn't seem to be working. That said, though, the one defense I'll make of Derek Carr in this one is that I don't think anything's working. I don't think they're working really uh, here when it comes to offense, when it comes to defense, when it comes to play calling, when it comes to player personnel. I think we bought into it to start the year as this new excitement of a new team coming in to do it. And it just hasn't worked out in so many ways. For you, what's the biggest surprise of what's not working right now? Is it that offense? Is it how bad the defense can be? Uh, is it coaching? What is it for you, Evan? Yeah, it, it absolutely has to be the offense because I I never thought the defense was going to be any good anyways. I mean, you, you can look at the roster and, and on defense and tell right away the personnel is just not there. I, they, they're performing worse than I thought they would be, especially from a pass rush pers- perspective. They're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. The sack numbers are down. Uh, they don't create turnovers. So the defense is actually worse than I thought it would be, but I never thought they would be that great anyways. It's the offense to me. I, again, I thought this was going to be a top five offense. Um, and, and you know, they're struggling. They're struggling at times. The timing is still not there. The rhythm is not there at times, the inconsistencies. So to me, and I heard you guys talking about all the money that is spent over mm-hmm. on that side of the ball as well. I mean, you have a lot of that salary cap uh, tied up to players on the offense. And, and to me, they're not producing the type of numbers and the type of uh, impacts that you would like to see when that type of money is being spent over there. So to me, again, I am very disappointed with this offense. They've showed some some spurts and some moments when, of potential that we thought we would see, but it's just it is not consistent enough by any means. Yeah, Evan, and we look at the we look at the numbers on the day. Derek Carr finishes twenty one of thirty six. 21 of 36, 259 yards, two touchdown passes. Josh Jacobs, 17 rushes, 67 yards. Devontae Adams, 17 targets, 10 receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Now, remember, 
Devontae Adams, after the first half, had nine receptions for 146 yards. So he had one reception for no yards, no gain in the second half. That was it. I mean, it, it's, it's like somebody flips a light off. I, I don't know that I've ever seen in, in all of my watching football, and including the years I've watched the Raiders, the last five years, uh, six seasons, I've not seen an offense go so cold so quickly just because it changes quarter or half. Yeah, and and not only did it happen today, it's happened multiple games. Yes. <laughs> multiple games. This is the third time, there, and I'm sure you mentioned this already, the third time that the Raiders have, have blown a 17 uh, nothing lead this season. So this is not just an isolated incident. This is not mm. an outlier <laughs> like we heard from Dave Ziegler right. uh, at, at his press conference this week. This is a trend, and that's a problem. And it's not getting any better. There are not improvements happening with this team. And we're, we're, we are now halfway through the season. And so it's very concerning. I think some of what we saw today and what we saw last week as well is defenses are now making a, a big time effort to try, try to stop Josh Jacobs after what yes. he was doing there for the past Absolutely. three games. And, and you and, had to expect and that. The off- Yes, yes, you had to have expected that. But the the passing game has not been able to carry this offense. And and to me, again, that goes back to the play caller and to the quarterback. Yeah, and the quarterback. And listen, I know the offensive line plays a part. And at times, Mm -hmm. Derek Carr was under pressure again today. But it wasn't that bad. I mean, and now I have to go back and look at the film. Maybe I'm completely off base on that. But my first read on watching the game, which sometimes can be wrong, again, because I'm not watching every specific little thing, was fine. It wasn't terrible. Was it as good as the Jaguars? No. The, 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 the Raiders had no pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Zero. No. They got zero. No offense to Max Crosby. Not even he could get in there. Right? They made some nice plays in the run game and so on early on, but they could not get to the quarterback. So, so I, what I don't understand is people blaming the defense. To your point earlier, the defense, when you look at that roster, you knew it wasn't going to be great. Okay, Patrick Graham does have some explaining to do because they're not getting better and they're not doing things, I think, enough to switch it up to change the momentum. That's what I'm concerned with. It's just it's just like, no, we're going to stick with this approach. I don't see any difference in approach. And that bothers me. But again, I go back to the offense in this league. Listen, don't fool yourself in this league. You have to have a quarterback who can change the game if they don't if you don't have a quarterback and change the game then you're not going to win in the NFL. You saw it with Trevor Lawrence, who's not even fully developed yet, right? But you saw some of his throws today where he's able to do and step up in the pocket and make plays. Um, and boy, I just, I think that offense, and now you're, you're stuck with these contracts. What are you going to do? I mean, we saw obviously this morning or yesterday, Adam Shefford talking about that the Green Bay Packers tried to get Darren Waller away from the Raiders, even though he's injured. Um, and some people would have loved that because the contract would have been gone. But, but that's what I worry about, Evan, is this team going into the offseason is going to have to address a lot of issues now, right? It's not like you have to plug a couple holes. You got to do whole, the whole middle of your defense has to be kind of redone. You have to do that offensive line. Now you need maybe a couple offensive players like a wide receiver, maybe another tight end even, depending what happens with Foster Moreau. So to me, there's a lot of question marks here. Uh, and that, if I'm a fan, makes me very, very uneasy. Yeah, and and I'm not sure if you even mentioned the offensive line there. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's there's holes at every level on the defense, the interior part of the defense, linebackers, corners have not been good this year, safeties have not been good this year. So you could you could pick any one of those levels and use your first round draft pick on one of those players. I mean that, and that's where the debate about Carr really gets tricky here because it's like, do you want to 
if you're picking in the top seven of the draft, you're mm-hmm. probably going to be in position to get one of those big three or four quarterbacks. And do you want to invest, uh, use, use that pick on a quarterback when you have so many other needs, so glaring needs on defense. So that that's where it's going to be really tricky here for, for Dave Ziegler in the off season. Um, I, I, again, I haven't even began to look at free agency and that type of, that type of thing to see who's available on defense and whatnot, but you, you nailed it. There, there are many holes to fill. There's places on offense, there's places on defense. And then the looming question with the quarterback is going to be a big topic this off season. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when Evan and I come back, we're going to talk some positive who, you know, who did show up a little bit today? Who, who do we see maybe some momentum about improving? I know it's a hard day to do that because things went so poorly in Jacksonville in the second half, but we'll get to that too. And then we'll look ahead on things that could happen in the coming weeks with this Raider team that now sits at two and six. Also, we have to ask you a favor. If you're listening to the podcast on uh, or on an audio feed, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Put on the auto download. That helps us significantly. Our ratings are driven by your downloads. So please do that for us. We're on the big Odyssey Network. We're number three in the NFL, just behind the Eagles and Cowboys podcast. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. But go ahead and do that. If you're watching us on YouTube, I know we had a technical issue with YouTube during the live show, so it got cut short. We'll upload the entire show uh, later on Sunday. So we appreciate your patience on that one. Hit the subscription and notification bell on YouTube. All right, Evan and I will step aside when we come back. We'll finish out Silver and Black today, the post-game edition, Raiders 27 20 losers to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back. Silver and black today. The post-game edition. The Raiders 20. The Jaguars 27. The Raiders had a 17-0 lead in this game in the first half. They don't score in the second half at all. Held scoreless by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scoreless. The last time they scored, 45 seconds left in the first half, uh, a field goal, Daniel Carlson field goal, one that would come back to hurt them because had they scored seven there, maybe the momentum changes, we won't know for sure. Uh, joining me on the postgame show now here for this final segment is my good friend Evan Grote. He is the host of the Just Pod Baby podcast. Also, he's a part of SportsNot.com. You can see his videos and coverage all up on the site as well. All right, Evan, you know, we look at this situation. We look at what's happening with this team or not happening with this team. We heard the excuse machine, which really, if you remember, Mo Moten became Oscar the Grouch last week because of it. And I was, I mean, it dominated our show last week because we, we could not believe what we were hearing that there was rose-colored glasses on everybody's faces in Raider Nation, that this team was progressing how they wanted it to. You even had Chandler Jones come out and say, well, we grade ourselves internally, and I'm really happy with my progress. Well, the results matter, and results say you're not doing enough to do what you get paid to do. And so uh, this situation, I think, now reaches an apex point, and I'm going to be real interested to see what this Raiders franchise does in the coming weeks and what they say in the coming weeks, because, yeah, you can't walk in the building and say, you guys all suck. This is terrible. I mean, you can't you can't crater morale more than it's already cratered on its own because you're two and six. But you have to start moving forward and you have to start saying, look, we have not reached where we expected to be. So there's going to be some consequences for that. And oh, by the way, fans, season ticket holders, we promise we're going to get better. 
Yeah, you know, I was listening to uh, a little bit of the post game before I came on with you guys with JT the Brick, and he was actually talking about that too. You know, don't be surprised now. We heard Ziegler talk about the first year being a year to kind of learn your roster and evaluate the players that you have on your roster. That is definitely something you can expect to see here uh, the remainder of the season now that they're two and six. And, and in my opinion, they're, you know, maybe not mathematically out of it, but th- this season is is pretty much in the books for the Raiders. So I would expect to see a lot of maybe new faces getting some playing time. Obviously, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. So the, it's not like there's going to be any new personnel coming in unless it's a free agent. But um, you might be seeing uh, McDaniels playing some more of the younger players. Maybe we'll see a little bit more of Mumford uh, Jr. playing some tackle, uh, maybe some of those young defensive linemen. And I know we did see Matthew Butler out there a little bit. Um, So I would expect to see them kind of taking a look at what they have on the roster and doing some evaluating um, as they, you know, get into the second half of the season here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then Evan, you mean some of these numbers too. I I think this is why, This is why I think you have to start looking at the future at the quarterback position and other positions, because you look at this offense again on third down, third down efficiency today, three for 12, three for 12, 25%, 25%. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, nine of 15 for 60%. Okay. Now Jacksonville has uh, their offensive line clearly better than the, than the Raiders, but still you look at that also red zone Raiders one time zero for one in the red zone uh, when it comes to that uh, as well. Goal to go. The Raiders now have given up 15 goal to goal situations without stopping an offense. So the defense cannot stop anybody when they get into the into the goal to goal situation. That's it's remarkable. I mean, they, they don't have one stop, Evan. So the defense, um, you know, I know they say be patient and that you have to get through this, like as you just mentioned, but you got to start wondering about um, I mean, Josh McDaniels isn't going to fire himself as offensive coordinator, although maybe he can be convinced of it. We'll see if we get another report of a long meeting between Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels after this game. Uh, but Patrick Graham um, doesn't have a lot of experience, came in here, didn't have a lot of success, overly successful. And so uh, you, to me now, you get to this point where there might need to be some sacrificial lambs. It happens in the NFL all the time. Somebody's got to take the blame for it. It's not going to be the head people yet, and they're going to stick around for a few years, as we've heard. Uh, but might we see some of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Patrick Graham is that sacrificial lamb. Um, I mean, how, how can he not be? I mean, his unit is, is definitely a, a big part of the problem. Um, as you said, McDaniels isn't going to fire himself. And I don't think uh, that would be a good move anyways for him to give up play calling duties because, because then you would be giving it to uh, Nick Lombardi. And I don't believe he's ever called plays. Um, right. I could be, right. I could be, I could be wrong about that. So I don't think that's, that's the fix there, but yeah, I mean, Patrick Graham, uh, he's a guy that a lot of people told me was, was going to be a great hire. And mm-hmm. um you know, I, I, again, I didn't see it. Um, I know he spent some time with the Patriots and he's, he's known as a really smart guy. Uh, but this defense is, is underperforming. I, I will, I will say this. Um, and I, and I said the same thing with Paul Gunther too. So maybe I'm wrong, but I always felt it was a personnel issue. I think it's always been a personnel issue with mm-hmm. this Raiders defense. Um, I know they've invested some draft picks and some draft capital and free agent money, but it just hasn't worked out. They just don't have enough um, you know, playmakers on that side of the ball. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's what it comes down to. In the NFL, you have to have talent. Of course, coaching matters, right? I mean, they have the talent on the offense and they're not getting it done. 
too. So you can you can look at it that side. Um, but so much of the NFL goes goes through the quarterback too. So I think you have to have you have to have great quarterback play. You just do. Um, I sent to you guys earlier today. If you remember, Evan, I texted you and Mo. I was looking through stats, different quarterbacks. You look at Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Now you could argue, obviously, the Vikings over the last six years have had some better teams than the Raiders have had overall. Um, but you look at his record, uh, and some of the teams he was on Washington weren't that great either, and uh, he's far and superior. So, so your quarterback matters, your offensive line matters, your defense has to give you a chance. They did give the chance. The, the Raiders' offense has had plenty of chances the last two weeks. So you can't argue with me that it's all on the defense. It, it's a team loss, no question, and the personnel issue has to be addressed, and that's going to be it. And the, the tough part about that for fans is you know you can't address that until the offseason. So you're kind of stuck with what you got now. Yeah, you can get some free agents off the street, but that's not going to change the trajectory of the fact that you may, if you're lucky, win four or five games. Yeah, you know, I, I had some notes written down here. I want to make sure I share them with you guys. So yeah. you talk about the defense had a couple moments, and they did. In the second half of that game, in the fourth quarter, it was 24-20 Jacksonville, and the, and the defense uh, got a stop with 741 in the game. The offense got the ball back, and on that ensuing possession, they went three and out and punted. Okay, the Jaguars on their next possession, that's when they missed that field goal. Um, and then the Raiders got the ball back again at 24-20, and, with, and there's three minutes on the clock at that point, and the Raiders again went four plays, turnover on downs. So there were two opportunities there mm -hmm. with, with seven minutes to go in the game where the defense got stops, trailing four, and the offense, seven plays, a punt, and a turnover on downs. So, you know, I, I know I know that there's, there's more to the game than just two possessions, but if you're going to point the finger at the defense, you got to admit that they got the stops they needed in the crucial moments. They did. But in the crucial moments for the offense, they didn't produce when they had to. So there's equal Absolutely. blame. You know, their, their defense didn't do enough maybe in the beginning of the first half, but down the end of the game, they got a couple stops there. The offense just – there was no complimentary football. We say that all the time. It was it was glaring in this game. Absolutely was. You're, you're correct, and uh, it's unfortunate for the Raider fans. But uh, it, it'll be an interesting week. I, I want to hear what Raider fans have to say. I know today is the day where you just scream and throw things at the television and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we'll have our uh, Tuesday show out as well. And then Wednesday, we have our mailbag edition. So we're really interested in getting mail from you guys. Tell us what you think of this. Particularly, I want to know, um, there's some people who've always disliked Derek Carr, and there's people who love Derek Carr to death, okay? Tell me what you think of that situation. Have we re even even Murph was saying he was kind of at the point where maybe, yeah, it's that time. Um, so so I want to hear what you think they should do with Derek Carr. This season, they're not going to make the playoffs, so they're going backwards. It's not all Derek Carr's fault, but Derek Carr is not playing nearly as well as he did last year, in my view. Okay. So so and everybody has moments when they don't play their best. But I think it's a big problem. You also have the offensive situation. You have the coach call. Mail us, okay? So send us a mail at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. So you can tell us what you think, and we'll get to those on our Wednesday mailbag edition. Uh, but, Evan, you talked about the, the Patrick Graham situation. Do you think we might see you, your point about playing younger players? You saw Zamir White play today. Didn't Again, he lost a yard. He was negative rushing. He doesn't get a lot. It's only a six carry on the season. Um, Josh Jacobs is playing for a contract. I don't think he sits Josh Jacobs at all because um, he's playing for that contract. And so if he doesn't return to the Raiders – 
He's got to show what he can do and wants to be able to earn his money, so to speak. Uh, you have the quarterback situation. Again, I don't think Derek Carr is going to get benched no matter what he's done. He, I think he would have to have a, just an awful game where he's got four picks, no touchdowns, and you know that kind of game before they would even think about sitting him. Um, Patrick Graham, you mentioned m- maybe he doesn't stick around. Who knows? But what else could you see this week from a change perspective? On defense, they don't have any bodies. They can't change anything there. But what about on offense? That's a great question, Scott. I'm not sure if I have a great answer for you. Um, you know, I, I just I, they need to work on just the consistency. I mean, yeah. I, again, and I don't know exactly, you know, what has to be done. Uh, it's I, I think I believe I believe it starts with coaching number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but to 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 have the the hot and cold halves that this team has had, that's a that is a huge part of this problem. To to score twenty points in the first half and then come out there and have zero points in the second half, that's a major part of the problem. I I, I don't like seeing these these situations where um, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr the connection looks so good and then again in the next half they're they're nowhere to be found. So um, I, I'm not sure if there's again there, there's they're not bringing in anybody that's going to make a, a big difference at this point. So whatever the changes are going to be, it's got to be the mindset. And it's got to be a consistency factor. That has to be number one. They have to start putting together full, complete games on offense. Hasn't happened. I mean, they've had maybe, what, eight or nine quarters all season that have been cohesive? I mean, it's pretty scary when you think about it that way. But but I agree with you. I I think you you have to look at that and you have to look at – why I think we'll get some of the national pundits, uh, guys like Kurt Warner. We saw his breakdown last week of Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I think you'll see more of that this this week because it's such a stark difference. These two guys were on fire in the fir- on fire. I mean, on fire in the first half. Second half, completely couldn't even couldn't even look each, at each other and get the right thing directed. So so and, I think you'll see thing, analysis Scott. of that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I understand defenses make adjustments. I mean, sure. like you said, they were on fire, so they obviously made an adjustment to try to slow him down. But where are the other guys? I mean, Hunter <laughs> Renfro, three catches for 26 yards. I think the he he was the next um, – he had the most receptions after, after Adams. Adams. Yeah. Three catches for 26 yards? The, the adjustments – Need, you have to make adjustments to the adjustments. That's not happening. That, I mean, no. that's just and and so again, I I, I put that on the coaching. He needs to mm-hmm. reevaluate himself. He needs to look in the mirror, McDaniel's, yes. and he needs to get a lot better for sure. And and that it kind of goes back to what Dave Ziegler said when he said he's impressed with Josh McDaniel's and the way he's he's handled himself, not only with the adversity but his game planning. His he, I think he talked about his adjustments and and things like that. So again, I know you and Mo touched on it a lot. I don't, I'm not too sure, you know, how honest he was with those comments, but I know a lot of the fans were not happy with it. And and this game is a perfect example of why they weren't happy with what the general manager had to well, say this week. And, and handling adversity, what does that mean? He he hasn't blown up at somebody? I mean, because I, he hasn't handled the adversity well as far as adjusting and changing the trajectory of the team. That's clear, right? Because they keep losing ball games. So I, I don't know where that – look, he's defending his buddy. I get it. But you can't blow smoke everybody's up everybody's rear end anymore. I mean, at two and six, there's no good answers. There's just no – There's the only answer is we got to figure it out and change it. That's all you can say. And and be honest and say, look, some of these things that you're seeing, we can't fix until the offseason. We just can't. Okay, fine. Tell us that, right? Tell people, tell fans who spend their hard-earned money – to go to Raiders games, to buy merch or whatever it is, just tell them that they'll, they'll accept that. They know it already. You're two and six. 
So you can't hide it anymore. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, make sure you follow Evan on Twitter at egroat5. You can also follow the podcast at JustPodBaby as well on Twitter. And then check him out up on SportsNot.com. Evan, as always, my friend, thank you for being with us here on the postgame show. No problem, Scott. Anytime. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, okay, well, that's going to do it for this show. I'm going to put you out of your misery, at least uh, for this part of the evening. We apologize for the YouTube issues tonight. We we were streaming just fine, and suddenly there was some sort of technical issue, and we continue to stream to Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, but we will upload the entire show after the fact. So if you missed the first half or you caught the second half uh, and you want to see it there or you've watched the first half and now you're watching it on a recording, good. See, we put it up for you. But anyway, we appreciate your subscription up on YouTube or wherever you listen to us, as well as the audio. If you're on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star rating. We would definitely appreciate that. Turn on the auto-download on your phone, by the way. That helps us out a lot. I will be back with Mo Moten on Tuesday. We will give our Tuesday kind of once-over of the, the last game, which, of course, is this Jaguars watch. We'll go a little more into detail on the X's and O's and what we saw based on watching the film over the next couple of days. So we'll do that on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we have our mailbag show. Thursday, we'll turn our attention to the Raiders' next game uh, as well as having a special guest on uh, on Thursday, which we'll tell you about on Tuesday. Thank you guys all for doing it. For Evan Grote, for Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, I am Scott Colbranson of Silver and Black Today. We appreciate you being with us, and we'll talk to you next time, Raider Nation.